Boss. Boss. Yeah? Boss, ain't you going to bed? Not right now. Ain't you planning on going to bed in the near future? No. You ever going to bed? No. Well, I ain't sleepy either. Good. And have a drink. No, not me, boy. Then don't have a drink. Boss, let's get out of here. No, sir. I'm waiting for a co-host. Please, boss, let's go. Ain't nothing but trouble for you here. He's coming back. I know he's coming back. We'll take the car and drive all night. We'll get drunk. Shut up and go home, will you? No, sir. I'm staying right here. We record one podcast, and just because I don't love that Lord of the Rings movie, he walks out. Well, that's the way it goes. One in, one out. Of all the podcasts and all the internets and all the world, he walks into mine. You know what I want to hear. No, don't. You played that podcast for him, you can play it for me. Well, I don't think I can remember. If he could stand it, I can. Play it. Yes, Paul. What about us? We'll always have parents. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, we're taking what may be, arguably, one of the most famous movies of all time, and Mm -hmm. we're going to review it, right, Steve? Yep. A movie that is so loved, Mm -hmm. mostly by its studio, (laughs) that they even included the music from it as part of their opening bit when they show the logo at the front of the movie, right, Steve? They sure do. It is a very central component of the they love Warner Brothers milk branding. And their association with Casablanca, yeah. don't they? Remember that one really great movie we made? <laughs> well, we we we, we kind of we well we made the Harry Potter films too, I guess. And Superman, they yeah. were not not the other ones. We Superman. made there were some sequels, but you loved that original, didn't you? Uh, that was us. <laughs> Hey Steve. Yeah. What 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 movie are we reviewing this time around that everyone loves and then even the movie studio references and everyone says, Oh yeah, Casablanca, I like that movie. Which one? oh I just said you it. You just Fuck said it. it. You just no, said well, it. you can say it again. Hey Steve, yes. what's <laughs> Hey Steve, what's the name of that Casablanca movie we're gonna be reviewing? It's Casablanca? <laughs> Caspalanka uh, was a flamenco dancer back in 1922. Oh, Caspalanka, he was good. He was good. Um, <laughs> Casablanca, of course. Oh, Casablanca, that famous drama. Yes, from, yes. The one that got everybody is like, this is why we're fighting a war. Yeah, it's one of them war movies without very much actual war shit in it. Got a bunch of guys going, oh man, I wish I could fucking Ingrid Bergman, golly. <laughs> And, and action. <laughs> Wish I could be as cool as Rick and as boring as Laszlo. Hey, he's a noble hero. He's a freedom fighter. Fuck him. <laughs> How dare you? I don't even, I've watched it twice this week and I still don't know what the fuck he's done. He, Sorry, we're, we're jumping ahead. We're jumping a, ahead. He's a great hero. That's right, Casablanca, the famous black and white movie that got horribly colorized because Ted Turner is a 
fuckhead. <laughs> he don't know nothing about nothing. People don't like black and white movies. So we gotta we gotta look like we spilled watercolors all over it. <laughs> you know, Mister Turner, the uh, colorization technology isn't really up to this task. I don't think we. I should... don't care. Sit down and whittle some. Are you done colorizing them movies that I done bought? <laughs> it's gonna look really bad, sir. I mean, it's gonna look like it was hand painted, and uh, it's just, I I'm really... sorry. Half of your sentences must have had criticisms. I can only hear good things. This, this, it's, I feel like we're 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 vandalizing a priceless piece of Americana. I don't. Did you know that I fucked Jane Fonda? Uh, yeah, you've mentioned it. You mentioned it. <laughs> I'll do the, it right in front of you. <laughs> you you begin every board meeting by announcing that you fucked Jane Fonda. That's right. That's what I do. Uh, fuck Jane Fonda and I ruin movies and I just create cable channels out of the blue based on one thing. <laughs> TBS! There's one. I also own all movies. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to mash up Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz. I want them to be one movie. I don't see how we're going to do that. Well, see, the world she travels back to is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you got myself. green screens and blue screens? You just put her in front of that. That's right. You replace bunchkins with black slaves. Oh, sir, this is a bad idea. Shut up. Do I need to I call this I created Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, only I could create a captain for all the whole Earth, Captain America. I did him one better. I'm tolerant and open-minded. That's why I have a theater that plays Gone with the Wind 24 hours a day. <laughs> Don't you the mess with me, son. Like, oh, well, I thought this was a review of Casablanca, but they're going on this <laughs> lengthy tirade against Ted Turner. What what movie are we meant to review this week? Uh, Casablanca. Cas- oh, the, uh, which I, is that? does that mean White House? Yes, it does mean Casablanca. Casablanca. Ah, so they just named a city White House. Yeah, they, like, they're, they're a little confused. Like the first the first person who built a building painted it white, and they were like, what are we going to call this fucking place? White House, that's good. Fuck it. Let's call the whole place a White House. Yeah, I mean, in 10 years, <laughs> nobody will care. It'll just be what they call it. Like, just yeah. shit. All right, you ready? Let's you do ready? it. Do you, have any, do you have any trivia for yeah. this movie? Well, I, yeah. Little known fact about Castle. Actually, well, so, I mean, the, the trivia, I, is, is, a lot of it is already pretty well known. Like, the, the, yeah. the, the, the fact that virtually the entire movie was shot on the Warner Brothers soundstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in this exotic international location, but except for some stock footage and one very brief scene that was shot at the airport in Van Nuys... Yeah, um, everything else with, was shot with in a studio. miniature cardboard plane. Yeah, <laughs> and the crewmen were all were all little people. Exactly, for perspective because they wanted it to make to make it look like it was like this massive place, and it was you know not, it was mm-hmm. much smaller. Did um, you know that Disneyland for their I think it was for their MGM Studios thing they actually bought a replica of that plane and claimed it was the actual plane used in the movie. And I guess the one person still left alive from the movie went, no. (laughs) That was a cardboard plane that we hid behind smoke because it looked so bad that we didn't want to really show it. So stop lying, Disney. And and also, one last little bit. And then Disney had that person killed. (laughs) You you have gone against the mouse. The rubes like taking pictures in front of it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not real. It's a lie. It's all just a lie. Shut up. Shut up and drown already. (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought I told you to take care of that. Yes, sir, Mr. Eisner. Um, but no, so there's also a little bit of cool trivia because as we'll get into, as we get go through the, the plot synopsis, uh, this is uh, an anti-Nazi film. It's it's a World War II film that is very Finally. Much, I know, right? It sounds... It's so refreshing. Well, it's not like we don't have a bunch of anti-Nazi films already. Yeah. He's getting tired of the pro-Nazi films I know, all, all over the, the place. But... but it's an anti-Nazi film, which was not uncommon oh. in the 40s. Uh, and some, a lot of the extras in the film were people who had fled Nazi Germany. It had an international cast! Yes, exactly. And, uh, of course, one of the major characters in the film is played by Conrad Veidt, who yep. was an actor who was famously anti-Nazi, who had left Germany. Uh, mm. And There are a couple of people that actually escaped concentration camps yes. that are in this movie. Absolutely. So, so when you watch the movie, you have the... And, and you have this extra little layer of, of meaning to it because many of the people who were actually in this film that is very pro-liberty and, and pro-democracy and pro-anti, you know, is an anti-Nazi. Uh, yeah. There are people who helped to make the film who were playing that role in, in real life. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's real cool. I, I bet they loved being in Hollywood and going, oh, look, America's making a trite little movie about the actual horrors yeah. that have been taking place in Europe <laughs> while they blithely ignored it for upwards to 10 years. Yeah, this is great. Exactly. This makes everything better. Yeah. I have no family members left, but this makes everything okay. Because they made it, it, look, it, it's a really good little film, okay? And I think the people who escaped concentration camps were probably watching it and going, you know what? Yeah, this this is pretty good. Yeah. I it do doesn't wish really I, chronicle the actual horrors, but I, it's good. I do wish see. I had my husband and children, but this is good. This is good. To watch a devastatingly attractive woman. <laughs> yeah. And, and several attractive men fight over her. Yeah, in an exotic location. That's, yeah, yeah, I relate to this. It's like my life up there on the screen. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's, let's do the Who Made It. Let's do you it. ready? Let's. Because if we did trivia, guys, there's so much bad trivia out there. Like, Ronald Reagan was going to be cast, and it's like, it's really not true. They already knew that Ronald Reagan was joining the army, so that right. he wasn't going to be... He wasn't going to be in the movie. No, Ronald Reagan was supposed to be Indiana Jones. What? <laughs> I may be getting that confused with another piece of trivia. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe. I think I think you are. He had a prior commitment, so he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't be in the movie. Okay. Anyway. Let's do the who made it. You ready? Ready. <clears throat> it was directed by Michael Curtiz. Now, he's done a lot. He made uh Notably, Captain Blood and Yankee Doodle Dandy. Those are really different movies. Yeah, from this one. It's quite an eclectic filmography, old Michael has, isn't he it? He was a director. He did someone. He walked into a room, a smoky room where people are smoking cigars, and they said, "Here's your next movie." I don't feel artistically drawn to it. What you what said? Shut you up. said what? <laughs> Go to Lot B and finish it in a week. Yes, sir. <laughs> it was a different time. Hollywood was a very different place. That's right. You had to turn out as many movies as you possibly could. And that's what kept you working. That's right. Um, it was produced by Hal B. Wallace, who also produced The Maltese Falcon. Funny, because um, two people from the... Three people from The Maltese Falcon wound up in this movie. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Screenplay by Julius J. Epstein and Philip G. Epstein. They're brothers. Oh. They work together on stuff. That's sweet. And... Yeah, and Howard Koch, who I couldn't find another screenplay for him anywhere. Anywhere. And he worked in, I, th I think he wrote in books and novels and stuff. And then he came in to work on this one, I guess. I don't know. It's based on Everybody Comes to Rick's, which was an unproduced play 
by Murray Burnett and Joan Allison. I recently heard of an experiment that someone did in which someone went in and retitled the script back to Everybody Comes to Rick's and changed yeah. Sam's character back to the original character name. I think it was like Roger or something mm-hmm. like that. And then sent it out to see if it would get picked up to like a hundred different studios. And only 33% of them recognized the story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's like that. That's that's not the result you expect because you expect like all the point is well look at all these studios that would have turned down Casablanca, but it turns out no, mm-hmm. they didn't even know that it was Casablanca. <laughs> I don't think how many how many of them have actually sat down to watch the damn thing. Right. It's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is because lots of people reference it and lots of people know it. Yeah. I don't know how many people have actually watched it. Right. Right. That's why we do this. This is why. That's right. We're bringing movie education to the people. We also like punching the things we love. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't noticed? We love to beat up the things that are most precious to us. All right. It's starring. I don't think I need to do any additional <laughs> trivia for any of these characters, these, these names. So here we go. Humphrey Bogart as Rick Lane. Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa Lund. Paul Henry as Victor Laszlo. Claude Rains as Captain Louis Renault. Or Renault. Depends on how American you are, I guess. Con- Conrad Veet as Major Heinrich Strasser. That's right, he escaped he escaped Germany to come to the United States to play a Nazi over and over uh, and over again. This is not his only Nazi performance. Thank you, Conrad, for being patient with us Americans. <laughs> Sidney Greenstreet as Signor Ferrari. Peter Lorre as Signor U- Ugarte. Ugart. I want to say Ugra. Uh, he's got a weird name, you dude. Ugarte. 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 Ugarte? I got it. <laughs> Ugarte? Kurt Bois as the pickpocket, Leonon, Leonid Kinski as Sasha, Madeleine Lebeau as Yvonne, Joy Page as Nina Brandel, John Quaylen as Berger, S.Z. Zakal as Carl, Dooley Wilson as Sam. Now, Dooley Wilson was a drummer. He was not a piano player. And you, you know what? You don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> when you watch the movie, just watch Sam's hands. There's a really bad shot in which he is supposed to be playing piano, but he's just banging the same keys over and over again. Once you see it, you can't yeah. stop laughing. <laughs> So he he's a real he's a drummer in real life and a bad piano mime in this movie. <laughs> Here are the uncredited actors because back in the day we didn't need to credit everybody. <laughs> One title card, that's it. Okay, so it's uh, Marcel Dalio as Emile the Croupier, Helmut Dantin as Jan Brandel, Gregory Gay as the German banker. You know, the, I think he's the second. I have the second greatest bank in all of wherever I come from. No, that's the next guy. <laughs> this guy is the guy that Rick doesn't let oh, into the game right. to the casino. Okay. Yeah. Torben Meyer as the Dutch banker. Yeah. That's the guy. Karina yeah. Mura as the guitar player. Frank Pugilia as the Moroccan rug merchant. And Dan Seymour as Abdul the doorman. Music by Max Steiner. Cinematography by Arthur Edison. Edited by Owen Marks. Production company, uh, unless you didn't know, is Warner <laughs> Brothers. Hmm, interesting. And also First National Pictures. Distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures, it was released nationwide on January 23rd, 1943. They pushed back the release date to coincide with some major war thing that was happening. (laughs) Whatever. Running time, 102 minutes. Budget, $878,000. I have no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) There's like five sets. 
And some of them were certainly standing sets. Yep. Box office. Three point... At, this is at release. $3.7 million. I have no idea how much they've made on the re-releases mm. of the DVDs yeah. or Blu-ray or when someone wants to watch it on Amazon or all of the fucking paraphernalia. We went through a weird kind of nostalgic craze for old black and white films back in the 80s and 90s. Especially when DVDs became popular. All of a sudden there was a push to get all of these movies out on DVD. I don't know if you remember that, Steve. I do sort of remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they would come out in these... Pre- this is one of those movies that would come out in a prestige package. Yeah. And have a bunch of crap thrown in there, like, oh, here's the cigarette that finally gave Humphrey Bogart his cancer, and here's the... <laughs> You get a bunch of stuff. Get a bunch of stuff in a box. And then there'd be a DVD. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the and movie's then, in here somewhere. Then there'd be a bunch of extras with people talking about the film who didn't have anything to do with it because they're all dead. <laughs> we're like, you know, people espousing about how great the movie is usually. There's never someone going there. It's a cheese ball piece of crap and I hate it. <laughs> you want me to talk about this movie again? <laughs> all right, Steve. I hope you have your transit papers. Oh, shit. Let me. I don't know if I do. You're fucked. Oh, <laughs> shit. I got mine. Oh, oh wait, here And I are. have... Oh, that's not... What is that? that Give it to oh, me. Oh, sorry, that's... No, I'm sorry. No, this just says transit papers written in it in crayon. But it's, it's not gonna... But it's got General uh, de Gaulle's signature. Look at the... The Nazis are gonna kill suicide you for sure. Uh, let's go. Okay. Come on. Okay. Let's put on our fedora hats. You're right. Let's go to the... The cleanest Moroccan hive of scum and villainy that we have ever seen. That's why everybody goes there. Right. And let's run into the world of Casablanca. Steve? Yeah. Take it away. Well, we first get a a look at a really neat-looking globe. No, we get a look at a neat-looking map of Africa. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we get because the, the title card is over Africa, and it's like, yeah, hey. and all of the yeah, yeah. And then we get these little things where a narrator he's like, you know, yeah, and th- that's where all the credits are is the African map. Yeah, the African map, tells, and then it fades. Then to the we shot go of to the, the worst planet ever. Yeah, it's it's a it's a globe, I guess on you know on some teacher's desk, and the, the, <laughs> the cinematographer is like, shit, we'll just do it here. We'll just get a shot here, and the narrator yeah. comes on, and the narrator explains to us what the deal is that yeah. you know. In the early years of World War II, and this this movie was produced in the early years of World War II, but I guess they yeah. the, uh, they were being optimistic. Um, <laughs> and he, if they weren't optimistic, it would all be in German. Yeah, exactly. And the, the narrator <laughs> explains how their people, and the ending would have been different. <laughs> yeah, ooh, ooh. Uh, the narrator explains how people are trying to escape from from Nazi occupied parts of Europe, and the best way, mm-hmm. to, and they want to eventually, of course, they want to get to America. And yeah. Uh, the uh, the best way to get there is if you can get to Portugal, to Lisbon, and then you mm-hmm. can fly from there to the Americas. Uh, but you can't just go straight there because the Nazis don't like letting people leave. So you have to take this really roundabout route. You have to go from Paris to Marseille and then from Marseille yeah. to, you know, some other country. And some other. eventually you wind mm-hmm. up the last stop before Lisbon is Casablanca in Morocco. That's right. Are you paying attention, you stupid isolationist Americans? <laughs> and Morocco. Morocco is a country on the western coast of the continent of Africa. It's an, uh, is, yeah, so I hope everyone was paying attention. So that's where the story takes place. And when, then we have this shot, we dip down onto the streets of Casablanca, or it could be Mos Eisley Spaceport. It's, We're not yeah, sure. it's one of those. <laughs> 
and then we get treated to a bunch of stuff with guys, right? Yeah, oh, it's a little slice of life of Casablanca. And also, yeah. I, I think the, the narrator mentions, and it's mentioned a couple other times in this dialogue in these early scenes, that there were two German couriers who were murdered recently. And that's like the yeah. talk of the town in Casablanca right now. Yeah, and then the gendarmes show up. Yeah, and they're like, "We must catch these guys!" And these guys run around and they hide. And they're like, "Where are your papers?" And he's like, "Here's my papers." And like these papers are expired. And he runs and then they shoot a guy and he falls down. And it's, he's oh, he's a French resistance guy, isn't he, Steve? Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bad guy to the yeah. to the Nazis. He's actually really he's a good guy, but the Nazis yeah, don't well, like him. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? You know what's great is we get a bunch of people we don't know and who we never see again after this scene explain all the stuff we just saw. Yeah, because they get to talk about it. Yeah, there's this pickpocket guy and he's like, hey, guess what? I'm, I'm My name is Pickpocket. <laughs> <laughs> that is my name in the script. And everything is so crazy, and you know, with the Nazis and the French Resistance and people with papers and stuff, and I just took your wallet. Goodbye. <laughs> see you later. And the other guy's like, boom, 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 boom. My my wallet. Don't get attached to them. We never see them again. <laughs> they aren't important characters. <laughs> no, they're not. And then we see a plane, and Tattoo comes out, <laughs> and he's like, "The plane." <laughs> no, no, Tattoo. We see a slow-moving model airplane, and it lands at Shining Time Station. Oh no! And some woman goes, "Oh, one day I will something like I'll be on a plane or something." Yeah. Yeah, and and we, we and I think during during the plane's approach, one of the shots they take is of the plane flying over uh, Rick's Cafe. Yeah. We just see the sign that says Rick's Cafe yeah. American. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that plane is chock full of Nazis. Oh, it's like boy. a clown car full of Nazis. Yep. Here come the Nazis. And they come all streaming out, and then we meet Renault, who's there to greet the Nazis. Right, and he is the and, like the, basically the chief of police for Casablanca. Yeah, he's a French guy, and he's working with the Nazis ever since the Nazis are now occupying France. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Come on this way. And the Nazis are there for a reason, right? Because yeah. of the letters. Because the couriers got killed, and someone stole the letters. And they want to find out. And, and, and uh, Renault is like, well, just hold your Nazi horse because we have we, we we know who the murderer is and we're pretty sure that he's going to be at Rick's tonight because everybody goes to Rick's. And I was like, okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> so we go to Rick's American Cafe American. Which <laughs> just an awful name for a place. <laughs> and it's but but it's, it's, just, it's nicer than have stopped with Rick's. <laughs> it's nicer than most clubs in the United States, let alone well, in I mean, Morocco. yeah, it is it is nice, I guess. They go inside, and everyone's doing dealings underneath. It's the Not Suspicious Cafe. Everyone's yeah. like, Not Suspicious, Not Suspicious, Not Suspicious. Everyone's doing these dealings to get out of get out of Casablanca because they got to get to the United States right. because Nazis are bad, right? Exactly. And after we spend, I don't know, five hours <laughs> with a bunch of people whose stories don't matter... We finally see Rick. Yeah, yeah. He's played by Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, he's in the back, and we learn that he never drinks with customers. He's in the, there, no. there, there's like two there's two halves of Rick's. There's the front part where everybody's welcome, and then there's a back half mm. that's like a casino where they do illegal gambling yeah. that not everybody can get into. Rick kind of waves people off. And then also through off. the beaded curtain is where all the the porno tapes. Are. Yeah, exactly. That's and you have part you have to be Rick's. eighteen to to get to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We see Rick there, and he's playing chess all by himself. 
chain smoking cigarettes, which is not a Rick character. That's just a Humphrey Bogart character. Yeah. yeah. I decided I made a very important acting choice. My character smokes. Humphrey Bogart butt ends cigarettes <laughs> in movies. <laughs> anyway, he's sitting there and someone comes up to him. Who is it? It's Ugarty. And what does Ugarty want? Well, he he's a, he seems a little sneaky because he's played by Peter Laurie. Mm-hmm. And first he asks if Rick will have a drink with him. And Rick's like, I never drink with customers. And then he says, okay, well, listen. Um, the thing is, I got these... Letters of transit. They're completely inconsequential. Yeah, they're they're not. That, they probably won't wind up being that important. But I got these letters of transit, and see, you know how people are always coming to me to get them like exit visas so they can get out of here, and I kind of I charge them money, and I charge them money, but I don't charge them as much as the police do. The the corrupt police yeah. will, will get you exit visas too, but they charge a lot more than I do. But anyway, I got these letters of transit, and they're even better than exit visas because they're signed by General de Gaulle himself, and they can't be That's questioned right. by anybody. Like you show this to somebody, nope. and they've just got to let you on the plane. So anyway, the thing yeah, is, I they're guess, magic papers. They're, mag- they're magic papers that didn't actually exist in history. But anyway, right. um, we, uh, call it, we call them MacGuffin papers. Yeah. They're, they're signed by General MacGuffin. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's, the, 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 the long and short of it is he says, look, Rick, I got some people coming here tonight that want to buy these letters of transit, but I don't want to have them on me all night. So can you hide them for me just for like an hour until my, my yeah. customers show up? And Rick's like, because nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah, everything's fine. And Rick's like, how'd you get these papers? I hear the Germans carrying these papers. They died. And he's like, and he's like yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about that. I killed them, Rick. I killed them. I killed them a lot. I hate Germans. And I wanted the papers. And they were like, please don't kill us. We have children. And I was like, I don't care. And I stabbed them right in the eyes, Rick. Don't walk away. I stabbed them in the eyes. I ripped out their hearts. I went into the stomach with my bare hands. <laughs> I did it Aztec style, Rick. <laughs> That's just me. Anyway. It's <laughs> just how I roll. Anyway, can you hold the papers for me? Thank Thanks you. for holding the papers. Bye-bye. Yeah. So Rick says, all right, I'll take them, but I don't want them here overnight. And then while while he everybody else is, you know, doing their thing, he kind of sidles mm-hmm. over to the piano where Sam is playing the piano. And when the spotlight moves off the piano, Rick just slips the letters into the piano. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, don't be shaved here for an hour or so. That's right, and then the piano starts going bing, yeah. bing, bing, because he slipped it right over right, the Right, right, and Sam is like, what the fuck is that? He lifts the bag. He wo- hey, whose letters are these? They're signed by General MacGuffin. Huh, that's weird. Anyway, I'll just put them on top of the piano. Whoever's they are, you can come and get them. I can't play with stuff in the piano, yeah. okay? So then Rick goes ta- goes and talks to Sidney Greasery, or I mean, uh, Senor Ferrari. Yes, yes. Who is the owner right. of another play of the Blue Parrot, which is another cafe in, in Casablanca. Yeah. yeah, great chicken wings. Mm, mm. Delicious. <laughs> and what do they talk about? Well, uh, Ferrari makes Rick an offer to buy his bar. Yeah. And Rick's like, I, it's not for sale. Are you sure? <laughs> not for sale at any price, Ferrari. <laughs> That's it, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. And then we get to find out that Rick is a bad boyfriend. Oh, yeah. There, we meet Yvonne, who is... Who's sitting at the bar. Yeah, she's getting drunk, and she sees Rick, and she's like, why does he ever call me no more, Rick? Yeah. He's like, leave me alone. Yeah, don't you understand? I used you. Yeah, yeah and he gets his he gets his, his bartender, Sasha, to take her home in a cab, because he's like, get this... You see, doll, I've got a gaping hole of loneliness inside of me because a dame left me once, because true love exists. <laughs> 
And even despite the fact that I know it does, I'm I'm cynical now. So I use your vagina for a little while. We're both adults, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you look like you're about 17 years old. <laughs> but what? how was I supposed to know? Yeah, get her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Put her ass in a cab. Well, I want to make sure we never see her again, see? And we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see her again briefly, but yeah, she she's oh, yeah, yeah, she she's not like a, a major character. Oh, okay. Is she is she killing herself? Yes. Is like, no, no, actually, no. She she's I think she's one of the people that we see singing the uh, um, La Marseillaise in that famous scene later on. Oh, but anyway, okay. we'll get to that. Yeah, and then Renault and Rick exchange some banner, which is what they do all the time. Yeah, they flirt. Yeah, they flirt with each other. He's like, "Oh, Rick, no, Rick, <laughs> you're quite a man. I'm a bad boy, and you're a bad boy. We're both playing the same sides. Oh, I feel so close to you. <laughs> I don't really have much of an accent. <laughs> yeah, and, and Louis Louis tells Rick he he gives Rick the heads up that they're going to arrest somebody tonight yeah. to impress the Nazis that are coming into town. And, yeah. and we really want to impress the Nazis. Yeah, back. and he they didn't like the cake we made him. <laughs> and he's like, "Rick, now you're not going to warn the person we're arresting, are you?" And and Rick's like, "I stick my neck out for nobody." Mm-hmm. So okay, that's important. And they're sitting out on the patio, and this is when I noticed that Rick's place is really badly placed. <laughs> it's at the end of the runway at the airport. Yeah, the, the airport is right there. <laughs> Every time there's a musical number in there, like during the famous singing scene, there should have been an airplane that flies right over and drowns out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, then, uh-oh, an arrest, right? Yeah, yeah, the the, uh, the Nazi... That's what, no, I mean, what happens is, is that he tells him... Then he gets told, hey, someone's winning a lot of money. You need to go get some money. He goes upstairs to his safe. Um, and he has a very nice, you know, spotlight on his safe. So, <laughs> so he gets a really cool shadow thrown on the wall. Yeah, he yeah. does. And then uh, Renault, Louis, names drops Victor Laszlo. And, and Rick's like, oh, Victor Laszlo. It's, and I guess it's super important for something, I guess, right, Steve? Yeah, Victor Laszlo is a big deal. And he's such a big deal that Renault says, you know, he's coming. He's he's in Casablanca. And then the, yeah. the Nazis would like to make sure that he stays in Casablanca. So and yeah. Rick's like, well, you know, he escaped concentration camps and shit. You're never going to keep him here. And they make a bet. They have a friendly wager where they wager. I think they wager 10,000 francs. Yeah, that and Rick bets that Laszlo will get out, and Reno bets that Laszlo will, will will be forced to stay. Yeah, it'd be great if we knew who the fuck this person was yeah. and what he did. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. You'll but find now, him. yeah. Oh, and Renault gives us some of Rick's backstory. Yeah, yeah. He's that, like, you know what? You're an old soft. You're a romantic guy. Yeah, you fought with rebels. You fought against fascists. You know. Yeah, you sold guns to people. Yeah. When you could have made more money selling guns to the other people. Come on, you Rick. Yeah. You really thought that suit nice. <laughs> oh, Rick! Don't you ever? Don't you ever wonder? What would happen if it was just you and me and society would allow a love like that to blossom? I don't know what you're talking about, Louis. But you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Look, just get out. You're a nice guy, but that's all. You got it? Yeah, and then the arrest happens. Yep, and it's Ugarty, of course, that they're arresting, and, and yeah. he sees the, the Nazis coming, or no, not the Nazis, but the, the French police uh, coming yep. for him, and he, he begs Rick for help. He's like, Rick, they found me. You have to help me. You have to hide me. And Rick again says, I don't stick my neck out for nobody. Get your hands off me. And so Ugarty has to run for it, and he, sh- yeah. he shoots a couple of the cops, but they catch him and drag him away, and I'm sure yeah. I'm sure he'll be fine. Bye, Ugarty. Have fun being killed by the Nazis later. Oops. 
<laughs> I mean... Uh, killed by while attempting escape. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then they'd say, hey, wasn't that a great floor show, everybody? <laughs> then um, Strasser meets Rick. Yeah. And then Strasser says, I know you. And they have kind of a funny scene where, you know, Strasser pulls out Rick's file and he tells him all about his backstory and how he he's not allowed. Rick isn't allowed to go back to the United States for mysterious reasons. And uh, Rick takes it and looks at it and he's like, are my eyes really brown? You know, like he, yeah, they have a cute, cute little, you know, like he's not impressed with the Nazi and the Nazi's intelligence. Yeah. And then they talk about Victor Laszlo and he's a journalist <laughs> i guess he yeah he's printed newsletters apparently yeah, yeah. and that makes him public enemy number one yeah. well he, he's he's a leader he's a leader in the resistance is he that's what they say he's a he's a resistance okay. leader and he's operated in multiple countries where the nazis have come and, and, and taken he's over abandoning all of them to go to the united states <laughs> so he can lead the resistance from a safe place <laughs> while fucking my wife Look, Good luck, chaps. Look, have you seen my wife? She's a beautiful young woman. I'm just going to go to the United <laughs> States. I deserve a life, okay? I was in a bloody concentration camp. I deserve a life. Mm -hmm. So then, uh-oh, there's Laszlo. Uh-oh. And, and some woman. Yes, <laughs> some Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, and then they have some not-suspicious-not-suspicious suspicious stuff with some Norwegian guy who's wearing the French Resistance ring. Yeah. And he's like, you the guy? And he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Renault walks up to him while they're sitting there, him and this woman, and uh, he doesn't arrest this most wanted man in all of Germany. He's just like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. How are you this evening? Oh, yes. I'm fine. Yes. <laughs> so, and, uh, and Ilsa f is kind of figuring out that this is Rick's place, and she seems... No, she's not, she because she seems as dumb as a box of herring. Well, she, she, recognizes, like, she recognizes the piano player as... No, as, she doesn't! She says, who is that man playing the piano? But she knows who... She, she knows she's seen him before. She's not, like, completely dumb. Like, she knows that she's seen him before. She's kind of, you know... No, she's like, who is that man? <laughs> <laughs> that's not how she says it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's Sam. She couldn't connect. She didn't see the neon billboard. That's Rick's <laughs> Cafe American. She walks directly past this man that she knows very well. And she's like, who is that man? Yeah, and meanwhile, meanwhile, Sam is there like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, Sam recognized her immediately because he's got some brains up there. <laughs> Ilsa, who's pretty much a puppet, goes, nah, hey, well, who owns this place? Rick. She doesn't immediately go, Rick, Sam. Oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. And that, 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 but it also sets up uh, Louis's first real opportunity to gush to a third party about how awesome Rick is. Yeah. Because he has that. But here, we don't, you're jumping over the fact okay. that, so Renault shows up, yeah. talks to him, doesn't arrest no. him, leaves, but then Strasser walks yes. up and goes, oh, hello, Mr. Laszlo, person we've been hunting forever. Yes. Well, see, I think the conceit here is that the, Nazi, <laughs> the, the Nazis are here, but the uh, Casablanca is a French province, or, you know, Morocco is a French province, and for for one reason or another, like, the Nazis don't just want to come in and and take over. It's still technically French How controlled. unlike the Nazis! I know, it's, it, the, so the, the you know, and I think this, Rick even says to Louis at one point later in the movie, he's like, well, there's nothing you can do to him, this is French territory, not German territory, you know? So it's, it's, it's obviously a conceit, but that's the conceit, that because they're yeah. in French territory, they can't just arrest Laszlo. Yeah. 
And then Laszlo and Ilsa have some not suspicious conversations about stuff. Yeah. Mostly about, I've got to get out of here. I'm so worried for you. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> Still worried. <laughs> and that's broken by Sam, who comes up and goes, Do you don't remember me at all, do you? <laughs> Who are you? Rick said you were a bitch. He said it a lot. Bro, it painted it once. This was going to be called That Bitch That Left Me Cafe. I talked him out of it. It took a few days, though. He ordered signs and everything. <laughs> and she's like, ah, you like that? I like, play that song I like. And, he, and he's like, mm, yeah. mm. Okay, but I'm probably going to get fired for doing this. Yeah, he going to be, oh, you don't know what he's like now. Yeah. And he starts playing what song, Steve? Uh, as time goes by. Yeah, yeah, but it turns out that song is verboten. Uh, oh, yeah, because Rick hears it. First, Rick just Rick is back in the casino, and he hears that song, and he comes running out to uh, you know, yell at Sam, and then mm-hmm. he notices who is at the table, and he's like, oh, it's worse than I thought. Nah, he puts a load directly into his yeah. pants. Oh, oh shit. And it it seems like those two people got baggage. Yeah, there's some backstory there, maybe. Yeah, and then we cut to the bars closed, and Rick is upset, and he's drunk, and he's so drunk that he has a lengthy flashback. <laughs> yes, he flashes back to Paris about, this would be about two years ago. I told you about ago. drinking that flashback whiskey, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> That cheap bootleg what? stuff will do it to you every time. So, the, the, basically, the flashback goes a little something like this. Rick was different, and <laughs> he falls in love with this obscenely younger woman <laughs> who's got some stuff in her past that she's not talking about. There's a guy, and but that guy's dead now. And, oh, look, Nazis! They're in, they're in Paris. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no Nazis, and they're going to escape. And Ilsa's like, I'll meet you at the train station. I just found out something. And 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 Rick's like, good golly, I hope so, because we're so much in love. <laughs> and there's that great line where Ilsa's like, you know, just in case we were ever to be separated, for, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why, but yeah. just in case, just remember that I love you and stuff, okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, they're waiting in the rain. Rain. At the train station, him and Sam, yeah. you know, these two these two people. Well, Sam, who she could barely remember, I guess maybe because they all look alike to her. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Ilsa. You know, I expect better of you. She's fucking German or That's something. That's true. Isn't yes. she? What is she I, supposed to be, I French? I don't know. I mean, Laszlo is, is, is supposedly Czechoslovakian. Maybe she's... I don't know. Uh, but, but, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He gets a letter. He gets a letter and it says something along the lines of, I love you, but I can't be there, and I have to stay away from you, and I'm married, and there's this guy. A lot of things could have been solved had she just told him stuff. But uh, basically all she says is, I can't come with you, forget about me, goodbye forever. Yeah, and then they they hoof it on the lamb, and we come back from the flashback. And and Rick's like, wow, I'm I'm so glad I got that out of my system. I had my flashback. I'm feeling better. And who walks in to just keep stabbing him right in the heart? Ilsa. <laughs> she's had a costume change. Yes. And she's and she's like, what? What is she doing? Well, she's like, she just wants to explain why she left, why she had to leave him so abruptly in Paris. And Rick's like, shut up, fuck you. Yeah. You're, I, I, I heard. I'm different now, and you're bad, and I don't like you anymore. And go away. And she leaves. Yeah. 
And then he feels more feels directly into the table. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Acting. And now we cut. Yeah. Now where do we go? We go to the police station. Don't yeah, we? because uh, for mm-hmm. I forget what the exact pretense is, but but Laszlo. The pretense and, is the Nazis want the letters of transit. Yeah, but so Laszlo and, and, and Ilsa have made an appointment to visit with Louis and Strasser at Louis's office. Yeah, like you do with Nazis. Yeah, just have a nice uh, cordial meeting with the Nazis. Yeah, where they go, oh yeah, we know you're going to try to meet with Ugarte, but he's a... Well, is he dead or did he commit suicide? He's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most threatening. Well, it's 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 to me it's the most like evil that Louis ever seems in the movie because usually he just comes across as kind of corrupt and he'll just go whichever yeah. way the wind blows. But in this uh-huh. scene, he's like, yes, we haven't quite decided whether Ugarte committed suicide or was killed during escape. It's like, whoa, that's kind of evil, dude. Like you're totally a little dark. You're, dude. you're totally doing. You're like making excuses for the nazis now (laughs) yeah now now we cut to rick who's meeting with ferrari yeah and he wants those letters yeah and uh for anyone who just heard that noise that is my dog who jumped up onto my lap to lick directly into the microphone good dog you know if rick had had a dog he might have been a lot happier (laughs) he might have chilled out a little bit yeah you know or he would have been really conflicted when the dog would leave and 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 play with someone else That damn dog. No loyalty at all. <laughs> Give me that whiskey. How no. They don't know, boss. Play the song you know I want to hear, Sam. And he starts playing How Much Is That Doggy in the Window. <laughs> I don't think I remember that, Mr. Richard. Play it, Sam. <laughs> anyway, Ferrari wants the letters because they can make a whole lot of money. And he's like, we could do a thing. And then that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, for yeah, I think it, for Ferrari is supposedly the the leading figure in Casablanca's underworld. He's like Mister Black yeah. Market guy. Um, and as yeah. and as Rick is leaving, he catches Laszlo, who was on his way in mm-hmm. to meet with Ferrari yeah, to do the same thing. Yeah, I want those fucking letters, man. And then Rick, Rick and Ilsa go shopping, yeah. or Rick finds Ilsa. And Rick's not drunk anymore, and he's kind of like, I was a little bit of a dick last night. And she's like, I don't care, and I don't like you anymore. And you don't, you're, you've looked at me like, I'm stupid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you hate me now, and I don't feel like talking, because we need to stretch this to the end of the movie. <laughs> and th- this is where uh, she tells Rick, uh, finally, straightforwardly, that, that she and Laszlo are married, and that they were married back when she and Rick were together. Yeah. yeah. And Rick's like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Mm. All right. And, yeah, and it turns out Green Street won't help Laszlo. Yeah. And then we come back to Rick's, and a bunch of Nazis show up. And then uh, some woman whose husband is stupid is doing a stupid <laughs> thing, and she wants Rick to help him do not do the stupid thing. And so Rick's like, okay. Her husband is gambling to try to make enough money so that they can get out of Casablanca. Right. But he's losing. Uh-oh. So Rick goes over, and he's like, I want you to rig the Dom Jot table. So he... <laughs> that joke was only for Steve. Oh, and, want... and it landed beautifully, my friend. I want you to rig the Dabo table so that it will only... <laughs> I mean, what is the game they're playing? Uh, roulette. Roulette. Yeah. So that he makes money. Yeah. And later she's like, oh, Rick, you're so great. I love you. And then Louie comes up and he's like, you know, she was going to fuck me for the exit visas, right? Why, why, <laughs> why do you have to interfere? Yeah. It's the only way I get pooned, dude. I don't understand what you have against my little romances, he says. You won't you won't hug me or spend time with me or model that underwear that I bought for you. <laughs> I've gotta get it where I can. I have to get it from somewhere, Rick. <laughs> 
Okay, so then Ilsa and Laszlo show up. And, yeah, and then uh, Laszlo and Rick talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Laszlo offers to... Laszlo has, has heard that Rick has the letters of transit, and, mm-hmm. and he offers to buy them from Rick, and Rick says, I wouldn't sell them to you for any amount of money. Because I'm butthurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Laszlo says, why, <coughs> Rick says, ask your wife. <clears throat> she still got that mole yeah. right above her clitoral hood. <laughs> He's like... Bah, bah, bah. Laszlo's like, I, what are you talking about? I... <laughs> And he just walks away. I don't even know what that is. Laszlo's like as if I've ever seen her clitoral hood. Yeah, I don't think those two have ever had sex. The lights are off, and I don't ever get anywhere near that thing. (laughs) But now we have to interrupt all that for a song battle between Nazis and Frenchies. Yeah, Battle of the Bands, World War II edition. The Nazis are singing some pro-German Nazi song. I don't even know if it's a Nazi song. It just may be a German song. And then uh, Laszlo goes, well, that does it. Here, I'm going to show you fellas what I do that really puts the ants in the Germans' pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason why I'm wanted by everybody, yet no one seems to want to arrest me or just accidentally shoot me in the street. <laughs> that would be, I don't know why I haven't been run over accidentally, with quotation marks, by a truck. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> he goes up there and he leads them in a stirring song of what? La Marseillaise, yeah. the French national anthem. And then Renault closes Rex. Yeah, well, the Nazis, uh, Colonel Strasser says, close close the club. We can't have this is bad. Laszlo Singing? whipping people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they, this, and this leads to one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, where, no. You know, Rick, Rick comes up to Renault and he's like, why are you closing me? And Renault says, I am shocked to find that there's gambling going on in here. You're and winning, then the waiter sir. brings him his winnings. <laughs> and he says, oh, yes, thank you very much. Uh-huh. And then he goes right back to closing Rick's. I love it. Then... Laszlo has to go and meet a dude, and Ilsa's like, be careful. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then, <laughs> as soon as he's gone, Ilsa goes to plead with Rick, right? Yeah, yeah, and then when that doesn't work, she pulls a gun on him. That's right, but she's she like, can't give me shoot the, him. Give me the goddamn letters of transit. What is wrong with you? I am in love with... I am in love with you, I guess. Ah... <laughs> <sighs> And then they have a scene where she explains, she gives him like the long version of the story where yeah. she met Laszlo when she was young and she looked up to him and he was like a great hero yeah. and they got married and then he got arrested and she heard that he had been killed in an, in the concentration camp. So yeah. when she met Rick, she thought that he was dead and that she was free. But then when they were going to leave Paris, she just that day had heard that Laszlo was still alive mm-hmm. and she had to go to him. So that's why she left Rick like that and they're kissing like oh since you explained it i completely forgive you yeah but uh uh-oh laszlo's in trouble yeah and uh uh-oh here come the gendarme (laughs) Uh oh and they arrest laszlo the end (laughs) everything's (laughs) coming up rick now he's like he's in jail oh yay (laughs) excellent (laughs) what happens next steve well, um, he goes, uh, well, th- there's a scene between Rick and, uh, Louie mm-hmm. where he, well, no, Rick and Rick and Ilsa talk about it. And uh, yeah. Rick says, I think the, the story winds up being that, uh, Rick says, look, I will, uh, um, I will, I will help you get out of here Yeah, and you and me can take the letters of transit and we're going to escape and, and we're just going to escape. Laz is probably dead already. Laz. Yeah. And, uh, so then, but then the next day Louie goes to, or yeah, Rick goes to Louie's office and he says, look, you can't, you arrested Laszlo on some bullshit charge. Why don't you let him go? And then uh, I'll have him come to my place tonight. And look, you know, we both know that I have the letters of transit. Yeah. 
you come to my place tonight, Louie, and hide, and when Laszlo shows up, I'll give him the letters of transit, you witness it, and then you've got him on that. That's a much more serious charge, and then the Nazis will love you. That's right, because right now he's Louis. only really wanted for making people sing. Yeah, like, what are you going to throw him in prison for leading a sing-along in a bar? Come on. <laughs> so so Louis's like, well, I have no reason to believe that you would double-cross me, Rick, so of course. Yes, why would you? I mean, yeah. after all, you're a cynic. You're a hard, bitter cynic. We've established yeah. that. You haven't chosen a side. You don't stick your neck out for anyone. In it for yourself. You're going to get this guy killed, and you're going to take his woman. No, I love you, Rick. If I could only be you. Ooh, I wish I could not Wear your skin. I want to crawl inside your body and walk around. And that's what happens at the end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Louie wearing Rick's skin, waving goodbye to an airplane at the end. Goodbye. It's flopping Goodbye. around on his head. <laughs> it's a little big on me. I don't know. Boss. That's not what happens. What happens? What happens is, well, at first it all goes how Rick yeah. uh, said to Louie it would go. Louis and we're all like, in. oh, no, Rick, you can't do this. This is yeah, me. Is it... You're gross. Yeah. We hate you. You can't. Yeah, you're 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 a bad guy, Rick. Uh, yeah, La- La- Laszlo and Ilsa show up, and Louis is hiding, like back out of sight. And Rick pulls the letters of transit out of his pocket, and he hands them to Laszlo. And Renault marches out, and he's like, "Aha, gotcha, motherfucker!" Mm-hmm. And then Rick is like, "Oh yeah," and he pulls a gun on Louis. Yeah, and he's like, "Double crossed you, you fucking Frenchman, you, you collaborator, you, you collaborator." Yeah, you, yeah. My send my regards to Vichy. Louis and no, he doesn't. He doesn't say that. But, um, <laughs> but he he tells Louis to call the airport and to make sure that when they get to the airport, that the people with the letters of transit can get on the plane with no trouble. Yeah. So so Louis says, "Okay, sure, I'll do that." And he picks up the phone mm. and he pretends to call the airport, but he actually calls Colonel Strasser. Dun dun dun. Uh oh. And, and Colonel, Colonel Strasser's like, like oh. "What? What's going on? I, this is not the airport. Hello, you have the wrong number. Yeah, you have the wrong number. He hangs up. Oh damn it." Like, uh, I, uh, the airport hung up. Just a second. I wonder what that was about. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. <laughs> yes. Ring, yes, hello, ring. airport. <laughs> no, for the last time. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm supposed to be calling the airport. Well, good for you. This is not the airport. You've reached the Nazis. <laughs> yes, I thought this was the airport. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is common for all misdirected calls, yes? Uh, uh since I'm talking yes. to the operator at the airport, yeah. I just thought you at the airport should know that Victor Laszlo is coming. Okay. Okay? Victor Laszlo is coming there. Okay, well, you to need to the tell airport. the airport that we are Nazis. Oh, Hang up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Rick. What just was that, there, Commander? Oh, I don't know. Someone keeps calling, telling me that Victor Laszlo is going to the airport. <laughs> what? <laughs> Scheitza! Victor Laszlo is going to be at the airport! And then we have a... <laughs> a, <laughs> a sped-up version of them getting into their car and falling over. It's like the Keystone Cop. Yes, yes. Then what happens? 
Uh, well, they then they they go to the airport, and mm-hmm. luckily Colonel Strasser takes his sweet time getting there. Yeah, um, no because rush. They get to the they get to the airport, and uh, everything's going re- relatively smoothly. And Rick tells Ilsa, he says, "Here, take the letters of transit. You and Victor get on the plane." Yeah. And Ilsa's like, well, "I thought we were. What? I, you were, you were... I don't. Why? I don't know what's happening." <laughs> and and Rick Rick is like, "Look, I'm being noble." Okay. Okay. I'm being noble, and yeah. I'm letting you go with your husband because he needs you, and but you belong I with love him. You, I don't love him. I'm gonna stay with you. Ah, uh, God! Look, just get on the, just get on the plane. Okay. okay? <laughs> I have to say some really immortal lines of dialogue. Oh, I'm okay? supposed to listen now. Okay. Yeah, just shut up and listen. I'm listening. The, you know the line about if you don't get on the plane, someday you'll regret it. Maybe I lie. Not today, I would maybe eat not a tomorrow. whole hill of beans. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> That whole thing. That's really, yeah, yeah, it's really famous. People are going to remember. Anyway, that's what I say here. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so get on the plane. What? <laughs> just get on the, just here. Just, I'm going to point you at the direction of the plane, and I'm just going to give right. you just a little shove, okay? Just a little right shove. Right into the propeller. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't I know, know you had I it in you, Rick. I only had to spend 10 minutes, and I want to get her on the plane and get her out of here. I'm not being noble. It's just like, yeesh. Uh, this was a mistake. I remembered this way different than it was. Yeah, I really, really made her more important than she actually was. Yeah, and 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 Rick also feeds Laszlo a little line of bullshit about how, you know, she totally still loves you. Did you believe like the she... Hill of Beans line, boss? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Sam. It's the same line you used with Yvonne. <laughs> Before she disappeared like smoke. <laughs> so so Laszlo and, and Ilsa get on the plane mm-hmm. and uh Strasser I don't shows love up. You. <laughs> <laughs> Strasser shows up finally and he's like, What is going on here? What happened? And Some guy called like nineteen times. Yeah. Said Victor Laszlo was going to be here. Yeah, and 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 Louis like, oh yes. Uh, by the way, Victor Laszlo is on that plane to Lisbon. <laughs> 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 and he's like, what? And he gets on the phone, and he's gonna call Nazi reinforcements. Hello, and Hitler. Like, Guess what? <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> Oh, he's got me on hold. Just a second. And Rick, yes, Rick yes. pulls his gun. I hate hold music, oh. especially when you're going to viewer. Have you, have you but, ever okay, heard Okay, wait Muzak? a minute. I've got to go through the call tree. <laughs> have you ever heard Muzak of Wagner? It's terrible. If it's you wish terrible. to talk to the viewer, press one. One. <laughs> press ein. <laughs> No, I pressed I, that's fine. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to Gehring. Oh, God damn it. Gehring will keep me on the phone all night. No, no, no. Guten Tag, it's Gehring. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, hi, it's Strasser. Hi. How are you? No yeah. one calls me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, how, how are you? Scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, you know what? I have another call. I'm sorry. I have to go. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't make me propagandize no. you. <laughs> no, I have to go. Oh, oh, uh, mm. Rick is pointing a gun at me. Just a second. <laughs> this seems important. What do you want, Rick? I'm on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, Rick, Rick shoots him. Yep. And then the French police show up. 
and they're like, what happened? And, uh, and Louis is like, well, somebody, not one of us. Not of course, me or Rick. Not me or Rick, but somebody just Definitely shot not Rick. Colonel Strasser. I know that you can still smell the gun smoke. <laughs> There's smoke coming out of Rick's pocket where he stashed the gun mm-hmm. when they pulled up. He's like, ah, somebody shot the colonel. I have no idea one who. So rumpled just... gendarme comes up. And, Excuse me, just one second. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't help but notice that this looks to be someone that was shot at close range. <laughs> And you both seem to be armed, is that correct? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Inspector Coulombo. Coulombo. Coulombo with a spell at, with it's it's B E A U X at right. the end. Coulombo. Look at us ruining the end of this movie. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's not as if it's one of the most iconic endings ever. No. Um. Yeah. So he, uh, R- Renault tells his men that somebody shot Colonel Strasser, but he doesn't know who. So go round up the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. And then him and Rick have their. They finally get together mm-hmm. at they the end walk of the movie off down the runway. Yeah. Talking about their future, about what they're gonna do. Yeah, sure well, sounds all the like other people that work for Rick, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think we forgot to mention earlier that that Rick sells the cafe. To, yeah, he finally sells it to Ferrari. Yeah, because um, he's got his dame. He doesn't need it. Need yeah. the cafe anymore. That was just a pain place. That was a place for his pain. <laughs> exactly. He wants free. He's out of there. <laughs> he wants free. Anyway, so they're walking down the thing and. They say the famous line, which is what, Steve? Louis, this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Just friends? Yes. What if I moved my hand a little bit down? Uh, Louis? Be good? Come on. (sighs) Women suck. (laughs) (laughs) They will only break your heart, Rick. I know what you need. (laughs) You know, Rick, I know that we're in Casablanca and there's not much... Water, but we're rather close to the coast. We could take a short drive and maybe go skinny dipping in the sea. Like men. Like men do. What do you say? What do you say, Rick? No strings attached. No I'm, questions. Uh, <laughs> I've got to go. It's you and me in the moonlight, Rick. I'll call you. Oh, no. Oh. All right. I know Fair I'm on then. the run, but as soon as I, I, I find a safe place where I land my boy, yeah, definitely their uh, guy. So you'll you'll definitely you'll definitely call me though. Mm-hmm. You will definitely give me. A, all right. Yes. All right. Getting in a car now. Well, goodbye, Rick. Mm. Farewell. <laughs> the end. Ah, uh, good old Rick. <laughs> yeah, the end. All right, Steve. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you feel about this untouchable classic, <laughs> Casablanca. Ah, you know, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I um. <laughs> Going gush. It's okay. It, it's it's here's the, here's it 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 feels like we go through this a lot when we watch like classic classic movies for mm-hmm. this show where it's it's a movie that I mean I've seen Casablanca I don't even know how many times I watched it over and over again yeah and but it had been a while since I watched the whole thing from beginning to end mm-hmm. um so when I watched it for this it was like oh I it's you I remember like oh wow this really is a really good movie mm-hmm. you know you remember it because uh because it is so ingrained in our popular culture you remember the famous lines you Mm -hmm. remember the little moments that have sort of you know stood out 
from it over the years. Yep. But but when you watch the whole thing from beginning to end, you realize like, wow, this actually is a really good movie. Like there's there's a reason why this movie is so beloved and why I mean it's one of those movies that if there was a Norton anthology <laughs> of American movies like this would be in it this, yeah. this is like it's it's canonical you know it's mm-hmm. one of the great American films one of the great films period mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's it, it's it just it does everything well it, it was one of those times where all the little pieces worked together in just the right way yeah. and it was it was a product of the old hollywood studio system mm-hmm. and you know they they churned out hundreds of movies a year like this and uh this was one of the ones where everything just fell into place and everything just hit perfectly the performances are fantastic it's very well directed although of course it's not like sh- it's not art really artfully directed for the most part because mm. you know Mike- michael curtis i mean it's not it's not artless, but it's you don't watch it. Yeah, you don't watch it and go, "Wow, what you know, what a beautifully directed film." It, it's very well directed, but it's directed in a very simple, straightforward, efficient way mm-hmm. um, that that allows the the writing and the performances to take center stage. And it's a, I mean, the dialogue in this movie is so amazing that even, even, I mean, there are, there are tears of, of memorable lines. There are the immortal ones like, you know, here's looking at you kid. And this looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship and the problems of two people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Like those are the immortal lines. And then there are, there are the, the ones that you maybe don't remember quite as 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 quickly but when you hear them you're like oh yeah i remember that what a great line like mm-hmm. when strasser asks rick what nationality he is and he responds i'm a drunkard yeah uh or when louis is explaining rick to ilsa when ilsa hasn't quite realized who it is yet and he mm-hmm. says well rick is the sort of man that if i were a woman i should be in love with rick you know mm-hmm. and just there are little <laughs> lines like that that you know it's not necessarily the one man. <laughs> you know what fuck it I'm in love with Rick there I said it I'm in love with Rick what what I love you I don't care anymore <laughs> take me away from this Rick um, I'll kill every Nazi for you <laughs> I want to be on your side um <laughs> But yeah, so you know, it's 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 incredibly well written, not just for the dialogue, but because it does a really good job of giving us characters, at least with the main characters. Uh, it gives us characters that have arcs, that have reasons for being here, that have things they want, so you can understand their motivations. And yes, Laszlo is kind of a stiff and doesn't really change or do anything all that interesting. He's mm-hmm. just sort of something that the other characters. The most interesting about thing onto. about Laszlo is his scar. Yeah, which they never really explain. You just nope. sort of assume, like, mm-hmm. well, okay, I guess he got that fight. Nazis! I painted You on. know? Yeah. It. It's a fake. It's, it's fake. A, I, my, my entire life is a lie. It's a paper Ilsa. cut. Um, <laughs> my mother dropped me when I was six months old. <laughs> um, but no, and Ilsa is, is, you know, she's... Ingrid Bergman gives a really good performance, and of course she's just radiant for the entire movie. They they shoot her like a beautiful woman. That was and, her job. And... Yeah, and she does a very good job, but the the character is you know it's it's relatively flat, but you 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 really believe that she does have a great love for Laszlo, and she has a great love for Rick, and you accept that you know she comes to be very torn between the two of them, and that's what she needs to be for the movie to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick has a great character arc where he starts out as the broken-hearted, cynical guy who has just given up. He doesn't want to take sides anymore. He just wants to make his money, and yeah, he's okay if the resistance uses his bar as kind of an unofficial headquarters 
borders and they do business and stuff and sell people passports, but he doesn't want to be, get directly involved. And, you know, he says a couple of times just explicitly, I don't stick my neck out for people. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually realizes that, yes, he does want to stick his neck out for people. He does want to take sides. He doesn't want to be neutral anymore. Mm-hmm. And and he also does the noble thing by letting Ilsa go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's a great character arc. And, and Louis has a similar arc where he goes from being this gleefully corrupt public official to realizing, actually, you know what? I want to take sides too. Like, I don't want to work with Nazis. I want to fight them. These are the bad guys. I don't yeah. want to work with the bad guys. I want to be one of the good guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know what, Rick? I, if you're going to be a good guy, I want to be a good guy too. Sure, Fair, let's we be do good have guys. little skulls on our hats. Yeah, I would we... think you would have noticed. It's like that. It's that, like a bad guy thing. It's like that that Mitchell and Webb sketch. Are we the baddies? <laughs> We've got skulls on our caps. I think we might be the baddies. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the characters are very well are very well done. Um, and the acting is is terrific and it just you have this this story that is it's set in kind of an an out of the way corner of World War II where you see for the most part ordinary people um, with the exception of Laszlo, who is apparently like a, a, a great hero, but the other characters are not presented as being great heroes. No. Uh, but they, they rise to do heroic things. Mm. And that's a very stirring story. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a story about how important it is, you know, to be noble, to be selfless. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it was, I'm, I'm sure it was very important for people to see in, in the early 40s when the war was really gearing up and when, for, for a lot of people, the, the outcome of it was not certain. Um, with the Nazis flooding all over Europe and occupying so much of, of what had formerly been free countries. And, and it's important for us, you know, to watch a movie like this today and to see that message, to see the character mm-hmm. deciding, you know what, I am going to take a side. I am going to be noble. When, yeah. when nobility in the minds of a lot of people, including people who are in powerful positions in our government, nobility has been replaced by strength. Like it's more important to be strong than it is to be noble and to be good and to do the right thing and to look out for other people and, and, and to be selfless and to be, uh, to fight for the underdog and to fight for liberty and fight against authoritarianism and totalitarianism. Like that's the choice that Rick ultimately makes in the film, he says, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm not going to be in the middle and play both sides. I'm going to choose a side and I'm going to fight for the side of, of the underdogs and for the side of the people who are resisting uh, fascism. And that's that's an important message. And it's, and it's a message that this movie delivers without beating you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. Because, it's a, because the movie focuses on the characters, on the story, on the suspense, on the romance. And it's one of the most romantic movies ever made. And, and romantic in the... In in the old literary sense, not just in the sense of, oh, what a great lovey movie. You know, it's like, it's a very deeply, you know, strongly romantic, classically romantic movie. Mm-hmm. And and it delivers, also it delivers that message of the importance of, of standing up and doing what's right, even if it might not necessarily be what you selfishly want. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It's one of those movies that is is considered, you know, one of the top shelf, capital G, capital M, great movies, and it deserves it. It absolutely deserves that recognition. So, so in summary, um, I liked it. Good. My turn. Yeah, go for it. This movie proves that sometimes when you leave cheese out long enough, <laughs> rather than going rotten, it turns into a classic movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I agree with Steve on a lot of his points. I really do. And I, too, really, really, really love the movie. But when I watched the movie this time, I was watching the movie for its overall themes and how it works as a film. It does work as a film. Dramatically, it works as a film. The character, the central character, does have an arc. He changes from the beginning to the end. We see the reasons for those changes. Um, I kind of wish we had that for Louis. Yeah. Because Louis makes a real change at the end of this movie. And we're kind of left to go... Okay, why now and why this? We kind of get the idea that he is friendly with Rick. But that not that they share such an intense bond that he isn't willing to call the Nazis right before that scene. Unless it was his plan to kill to kill Strasser. My thing in regards to this movie is while I like the main central message, I guess is what you would say, in regards to personal sacrifice for the greater good is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I get that. That's good. But some of the other messages in this film that aren't necessarily there, but are there, some people may pick up on, which is kind of like why I don't like Ilsa very much. (laughs) (laughs) Ilsa is a thing in this movie. She's a person. She has emotions. She cries a lot. But for the most part, she is a thing to motivate the central character, which is Rick. For the, for the most part. Yeah. As near as I can tell, it don't really matter much to Laszlo. Laszlo seems to like her, I guess. But my idea is if that Ilsa didn't come with him and the plane flew off, he'd be terribly upset for about three and a half seconds. But for what's important to him is the cause. Cause is what's important. So Ilsa's overall character is one of, well, I didn't tell you these things for uh, reasons. I omit a lot of explanations about stuff. I don't know why I didn't tell you that, oh, it turns out that that guy who I thought was dead is still alive and I've got to go see him. A lot of this could have been avoided for that. I also kind of don't like the message that you can take someone who who believes, who's idealistic, and then completely change him into a you know, a, a complete cynic because of because the woman didn't show up at the train station. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he just loses all faith in everything because a woman didn't show up at the train station. The idea is, is that they weren't together for terribly long. No. They, they, they He even openly says, we didn't really know each other. But apparently this injury is so deep... <laughs> That I've completely rewritten my entire character to not care about anything, right? We know that's not true. They give us plenty of examples in the film where he obviously does, but he picks and chooses. He doesn't, he doesn't, he chooses not to help regard, 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 he, he chooses not to help him because he's a murderer and he's a scumbag, right? But he also doesn't not take his papers to hide them. Um, but there's a limit to what he does. So he still has a sort of moral code throughout the entire thing. And they drop those things in. That's why he helps the lady with her husband and the gambling. And so we know, oh, he's not completely lost. But one one of the things that I have in regards to essentially the only main female character is that she is a symbol and not a person. She represents something, but she does not, she's not, I'm trying to figure out when she has any kind of urgency of her own in, she's a ping pong ball, basically. I don't know what she sees in Laszlo. They they don't seem, I mean, they're friendly with each other, whatever. She openly admits, I I liked him when he, when I was younger and I looked up to him, but now it's like, (laughs) I love you, Rick. (laughs) Rick the dick, that's what I like. (laughs) (laughs) But she's willing to go along with what as soon as someone else steps in, she's like, oh no, I'm going to change back and blah, blah, blah. 
And it's just a little bit frustrating as a modern viewer to watch that. Simply because people have praised her performance and it's just like, oh, but most of the time when I hear people reference her, they say, oh, she's so luminous. Anybody can be luminous when you stick that much fucking gauze in front of a goddamn camera lens. (laughs) I even readily admit of just how fucking beautiful she is in this movie. And she is. But is she much more past that other than beautiful? Nah. I kind of like the uh, the the kind of the depiction of Nazis before we changed how Nazis were depicted because we really didn't get yet how fucking evil they are. Yeah. We did not know. Oh, they're not just a little evil. They're <laughs> fucking like they came from another planet to come here and be evil. <laughs> they're super evil. If this movie had been made after the end of World War II, the this depiction of these Nazis who are willing to watch someone who is been speaking out against Nazis in the same bar that would have been a much different scene that would have yeah. been begun right to the head killed right there in the in the thing but because we didn't know about them yet it's an interesting way to see how they're interpreting the Nazis prior to our full knowledge of just yeah. how fucking evil they are am I saying I don't like the movie no of course not I fucking love this movie <laughs> <laughs> but loving something means you can also acknowledge the problems that you have with it would I like it if Ilsa was more developed that she made decisions on her own that she seemed to have you know <clears throat> her own wants desires and needs other than being upset because Rick looked at her with such eyes of hatred that she's not going to talk to him anymore yeah I would <laughs> that would be neat would it be nice to have Laszlo be something other than a guy who runs around and begs people for papers so that he can escape? Can we see him do something <laughs> other than lead people singing in front of Nazis to demonstrate that he is someone that someone should look up to? And not just some guy who's like, it's getting too hot in Europe. I gotta, I gotta skedaddle to America where I can... Um... <laughs> Abandon the cause? No, that's not no, it. No, that's not it. It's a, it's a great movie, still, despite my criticisms. But I have to be able to voice my criticism in regard to the film. Because, guess what? If you haven't watched the movie, and you're watching it now, and those are your expectations, and you don't see them, you might walk away from this movie going, oh, it was, it was, it was okay, but I don't see why people think it's such a great film. I can still see why it's a great film. And, and I agree with Steve. It's not because of the direction. It's because of the lighting. Yeah. It's because of the editing, definitely. And it's because of the dialogue between the characters. And, and granted, the director does have some control over that because he's going to get them to say these lines um, in a particular way. And it's that zippy, peppy, humorous dialogue that isn't pausing for laugh lines. They're not pausing for you to laugh at the thing that was just said, right? They're saying their lines and they're just going forward. Is it that perfect delivery from the 1940s where no one says, um, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Where everyone just has readily prepared monologues that they just stream off without even thinking about it. That's the end of this movie is just this monologue that he must have been rehearsing forever. Oh, if ever's a time where I'm going to have to say goodbye to her at a plane. I got this thing memorized right in my pocket. I got something for this. Hang on. What was I going to say? Let me read it to you, Sam. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Richard, please. It's 3 a.m. I was going to go home. (laughs) Shut up, black character who has nothing to do in this movie. (laughs) Okay. Other than pound your fists into a piano. (laughs) Your piano plan's distracting the customers, Sam. And I mean... We have to be honest. A movie this old, of course there's going to be problems with that. Of course there's going to be problems with the depiction of women in the film. Um, I would love for her to have more agency, but I know I'm not going to get it. She serves a function in the film, and mainly to the benefit of the other male characters. That's just the way these films were made back then. And even when women were given agency in films, they were usually... It was made something like Mildred Pierce, which I hate forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yes, do I like it? Do I feel good when I watch it? Oh, yeah, I do. Do I love mm-hmm. the dialogue? Yep, I sure do. Do I love the characters in it? Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Steve, classic or not classic? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, not only classic, Norton classic. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Norton you... anthology classic. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, I think that anyone who watches it will still say, "Oh, that's a pretty good movie," even if they do have some little problems with it. So, yeah, great. Hey, Steve, guess what I forgot to do? What did you forgot to do? Oh, you didn't <laughs> think of a movie to not recommend. I didn't couldn't think of a movie to not recommend. So you do your not recommend while I desperately okay. look for a movie from 1942 <laughs> that I don't like. <laughs> Take your time, buddy. Google fingers don't let me down. I have two animals on my lap. I have to try to get... <laughs> okay, so while Jason frantically searches for a recommendation... Oh, God! Um, surprisingly, Casablanca, for as <laughs> as, as famous and as well-loved uh, and as monumental as, as it is, uh, it, there's never really been a serious push to remake it. Maybe because it is considered untouchable, one of the few movies that just nobody has the balls to try to remake it. But there was a movie that came out in 1990 that many people look at as kind of an unofficial remake of Casablanca or less charitably a ripoff of Casablanca <laughs> and that movie is a little film directed by Sidney Pollock starring Robert Redford and Lena Olin and Raul Julia who demanded that he go uncredited when his demand to be credited equally alongside Robert Redford was not met uh, that movie is called Havana oh. and it's the same if you zoom out far enough it's the same basic story as Casablanca except instead of being set in the early years of World War II in Morocco it's set in Cuba in the months leading up to uh, the Castro Revolution the, the victory of the Castro Revolution and Robert Redford plays the analog to the Humphrey Bogart character in this case he's not a restaurant owner he's a reporter and lena olin plays the analog to the ilsa character and raul julia is the the analog to the laszlo character in this case he is a leader of the revolution um and there are some other actors in it as well like uh, alan arkin is in it in a really big role and daniel davis who star trek fans will recognize as moriarty from star trek the next generation uh richard farnsworth and a lot of other uh character actors that that you might recognize and the thing about it is that it's just kind of long and dull it's it's a, not a it's a well-made movie and it has a terrific cast and the acting isn't isn't bad the acting is good but it just it it lacks that that sense of drama and suspense and passion and energy that really animates Casablanca where Casablanca just moves from point to point to point and it all seems very peppy and very important very tightly scripted and tightly shot and and well edited and and Havana just seems a lot flabbier than that and just seems a lot less interested in its own story and uh, it doesn't have terribly good reviews. I checked it before I before we sat down to record this. I think its tomato meter ranking is like 24%. So it's not a very good movie, but it's maybe the closest that has ever gotten, that Hollywood has ever gotten to doing a remake of Casablanca. Um, and it didn't work. And I, I doubt that anyone will seriously try to, to do a remake of Casablanca again. Or even such a blatant ripoff of it in the future, because it is such a hallowed movie. Um, but yeah, as 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 far as that goes, the closest they ever really got was a movie like 
Havana, which doesn't really work. So that is my recommendation for a movie to not see after you have seen Casablanca. Did, Good cover, did you, Steve. <laughs> did you think of Did you think of a movie yet? Boy, did I! Oh boy! As everyone knows, I like to take a movie from the same year as the movie that we just reviewed. And oh, oh, I at first thought I didn't see this, and then I remembered, oh fuck yeah, I saw this. So, <laughs> oh boy, the movie I'm going to review or, or tell you not to see or ever watch <laughs> um, is a little film about a guy raised by apes. Oh boy. <laughs> Wonder what this is going to be. Who who's got a, a, a cleverly named son named Boy? Oh, <laughs> and a wife named Jane. The movie I'm going to tell you not to watch is the sixth Tarzan movie, Whew. featuring Johnny Weissmuller and, believe it or not, Maureen O'Sullivan. Wow! And it's called Tarzan's. New York Adventure. <laughs> oh, yes. This is one of the best known of all the Tarzan films. Why is it the best known, Steve? Because it's that one where he's not in the jungle. That's right. It's the one where he's wearing regular clothes. Yeah. <laughs> they said, let's take all the Tarzan people and we'll yeah, still call just, him Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, and he'll walk around and he'll still grunt and talk in broken, broken English. <laughs> but he won't do any of the Tarzan stuff. Basically, what happens is is that people think that Jane and Tarzan are dead, so they take their boy and they go back to the United States, but it turns out they're not dead and they gotta go back to the United States. And just like in all... When you think of Tarzan, you you think of family court drama. (laughs) Boy, howdy. It's just boring and bad, and it's the reason why it's the sixth and last of the original Tarzan films. Because Johnny was getting a little tired. He was starting to look middle-aged. He was like, no more Tarzan. (laughs) Even Cheetah didn't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I'm not going to tell you. Guys, don't bother. If you want to watch a Tarzan movie, watch the first. I'm not a big fan of any of the Tarzan films, actually. Yeah. I'm not like, I know people have seen them, and it's got the iconic Tarzan yodel, and that's about it. But (laughs) if I'm not a big fan of the series... Why did I watch this? I don't know. Probably sick in bed or something. It was on TCM one day and you didn't feel like changing the channel. Oh, and by the way, holy shit, a lot of movies came out in 1942, Steve. Oh, yeah? What else did... What what were some of your other possibilities? Woman of the Year. Oh, yeah. Um, Mrs. Miniver. (laughs) (laughs) Matilda... uh, Moontide. Remember that movie? Oh, boy. No one does. The Ghost of Frankenstein? Oh, hey, there you go. How about Army Surgeon? That sounds great. <laughs> Army Surgeon. <laughs> um, but uh, a couple of the more notable films that came out, which we'll probably wind up reviewing here. Bambi. Oh, yeah. To Be or Not to Be, the original. Mm. The Magnificent Ambersons. <laughs> oh, hey, hey that's, that's, that's quite a possibility there. And Cat People. Oh, We've referenced yeah. it enough, haven't we? Yeah, Cat People. So go see any of those movies, except maybe Bambi. And not <laughs> Tarzan's New York Adventure. It's uh, as dumb as the title. Yeah, just look up the trailer on YouTube and that's all you really need. Yeah. He's like, I got, I got it. <laughs> well, Steve, we just reviewed what may be one of the most famous movies ever made. We could stick that up there with Gone with the Wind and yeah. The Wizard of Oz. That's right, yeah. Oh, what should we review next? Let's you want to... Sl- <laughs> we need to really switch it up. I was going to say, you want to maybe move down a few notches on the classic ladder and maybe review a movie that, you know, is it's it's famous, everybody knows it, but maybe isn't quite... 
as highly regarded as Casablanca? It's not going to be another one of those movies that kids saw when they were four and they love it, despite the fact that they probably haven't rewatched it in ten years. It it might be actually. It might be if if we do the if we do the one that that I had in mind, it it may just in fact be a case of that. Yes. Well, okay, yeah. fine. Let's do it. What one do you have in mind, Steve? Come on, hit me. I, I was thinking just this is just me off the top of my head. It's not like mm-hmm. we discussed this at length in, at any point. No, um, or d- debated back and forth what we or, should do, or that it was originally your idea. I was <laughs> you thinking. Bastard. <laughs> I was thinking we should do a little film that it it, kicked, it was very successful and it actually kicked off its own little franchise, uh, an animated film from the early two thousands starring uh, Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz and uh, Eddie Murphy and Just, come on John Lithgow, <laughs> featuring the music of Smash Mouth, uh-huh. and it's called. Yes, say it. Do it. Shrek. Shrek. I think we should review Shrek. I think that's the best way to follow up Casablanca. All right. Agreed. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. Go watch Shrek. (laughs) We're so sorry. It hurts to say that. Why do we do this? (laughs) It it hurts to say because we love our audience. Well, true. Yeah, and it's like, go watch Shrek. That hurts. But we want that's everyone what, that's... to have a well-rounded movie experience. Exactly. They can't all be winners. <laughs> no. So if you want to get all the crying... <laughs> if you want to know why we're so upset... <laughs> go out and watch Shrek before the next time this podcast drops. Right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Then you'll, you'll be able to share in our sadness. Or <laughs> if you like Shrek, you'll be able to get really angry at us. Yeah, or you might joy in our misery. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We we yeah exactly. You might ha ha ha. Or oh, or you know what though? We're kind of getting the cart before the horse. Maybe we'll love it. We might. Think That's it's a great true. Movie. We may rewatch it and go. This is better than I remember. Yeah. Yeah, and you monkeys never might fly directly out of my butt and do the podcast for me. Yeah. We got it, buddy. Know. You just go ahead and lay down in a fetal position. We'll take care of this. <laughs> Boy, those monkeys are good. I mean, they should do the show and watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're really funny, and you know. Oh, they just flew away when I said oh. for them to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do what? No, no, no. Come back, monkeys. Okay, that's it. Thanks, you guys, for listening to another episode. For late seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. Go ahead and shoot. You'll be doing me a favor. Really? Are you sick? Uh, yeah, it's. Ha- I haven't said anything, but it hasn't been good for a while. You seem to be in excellent health, despite all the drinking and chain smoking you do. Yeah, but it just hasn't been good, you know? Wait, you're not heart sick, are you? Oh, just, I. you know, this is... Seriously? I it's just, I mean, I really, I, I really liked her, and then I had you to leave Paris without her. wanted to do Suicide her. by Gendarme? <laughs> She was just so pretty and so nice. I met her. She doesn't have a thought in that little head of hers. Yeah, but I thought, man, if I'm with her, Number then Number one, I it took her 15 minutes to remember who I was. I then know, she but... she stared off. And also, can I ask you a favorite question? Uh, yeah, what, what? When you get more than five feet from her, does your eyesight get all blurry and glowy? See, I, I like that. I don't, it hurts. I like that. Maybe it's just a, I don't know. I went to the emergency eye wash station. I thought I was getting glaucoma. I came back, it was back again. No, She's not radioactive, is she? I don't know. I mean, did they didn't they didn't drop any bombs on Prague, did they? 
don't know. We've been I, in Casablanca for so long. Yeah, the but... The rest of the world could be destroyed as far as I know. I don't even... I mean, you know... Uh-huh. Well, if you want to die so bad over yeah. a woman... Yeah, I, I, which do I do. Yourself, which I do. You big baby. All uh, right. I'm going to go downstairs to drink, not think about you up here wasting your life. Can you... When can there's you, someone who loves you standing right in front of you. Can, can you die from drinking? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, can I come have a drink with you? Okay. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.